Hey, good morning. Uh, we have a special guest speaker. We flew her in from Israel, all the way from Israel. She's, uh, she's walked where Jesus walked, where Paul walked, and Peter, and James, and John, and Bartholomew, and Thaddeus, and all the other guys. Can you name all of them? Abraham, Joseph, Isaac, Rebecca, Sarah, Mary, Mary, the other Mary, the other Mary, and Mary Magdalene, <laughs> and her friend Mary. And then there's Lazarus. Uh, Y'all all know Barbara. I don't need to introduce her. But Barbara, come share with us what um, we talked on the phone the other day. And she's so excited. This is great. Just come share with us what God's doing in your life with this trip and everything. Thank you. I did. I called Jim on Friday saying, I don't know how to unpack this. I really don't. I said, I could be up here for once a month for the next 12 months and still not unpack at all. Because when you're going somewhere for 12, 12 days and you spend you just travel it and learn it it's hard to unpack it in 30 minutes so um he had a suggestion or two and i like what he suggested but i um, kind of wanted i have a table up here too of a lot of different things and kind of wanted to kind of give an overview and then focus in on for the for anyway it's just hard to figure out where to start and i gotta breathe and i gotta so thank you for your prayers so why did i pick israel of all places to go has anybody ever wanted to go to israel has anybody not even wanted to be going to Israel? It's like, that's scary. Yes, there's some people that's like, why do you want to go? It's a scary place. Well, my parents and my sister and my brother-in-law went to Israel in 1995. And ever since then, you know, they, they come back and they talk about it. It's like, I want to be where Jesus walked. I want to be where, where that is. So it's been in this little bucket list. And I've been other places like India that kind of have the old way, you know, this Middle Eastern way. So I wanted to go, and I, I had an, uh, an option to go in 2013, and that fell through, and I was kind of sad about that. And, and when I started my new job last, in t the summer of 2016, I met a friend. Her name's Donna, and Donna's like, I have just started this Bible study. They go to Israel. Do you want to go to Israel with me? I'm like, not really, you know, because I want to go with my friend that my, my family went with, Ken, Ken Gibbs, because he is a part of a Messianic um, Jewish church, and I wanted to go with Ken. And that's what I tried to go with in 13 that fell through. And so in 17, I talked to him again. And he's like, I'm not going there anymore. So I said, Donna, I'm ready to go. I want to go hear about it. So last April, a year ago, I went to an information meeting on going to Israel. And at the end of it, we both look at each other. Me and Donna's like, we're going. We're going to go. We're going to make it work. And, um, and without telling this is another week I need to tell the story, it's, it was providential that I went in March of 2018. It really was. And so I was going expecting, um, not you know, just... It was just a sweet time. I knew it was going to be with God. And, um, and, and pr to prepare to go, I, I took a class. The teacher, the lady that I went with, um, is, her name is Christy McClellan, and she has a, a ministry called New Biblical Lenses. And so she said, if you want to go to Israel with me, you really need to know what the land's all about. And she goes, I teach a class on that. So I really encourage you to take it. So Donna and I signed up, and the girl that I went with, who I've known for 30 years from my first church in East Nashville, uh, Dalewood, we started last summer in June of 2017. And every week, Mary and I would look at each other after the class where Donna's like, have you ever, ever heard that before? Because what we've learned in the Western lenses is, is, is good information, but when you put it into the, the context of the Middle Eastern culture, the wordage, it just becomes technicolor so last summer you know I think I shared with you all at the end of last summer about a lessons I learned on water that kind of helped me and, and grew me and so you know that was preparing last summer I bought a book and if anybody you need to buy this book next to the Bible 
it, it really helps you see the visual guide to the biblical events and how it connects Old Testament stuff with New Testament. Why Jesus did certain things in certain areas? Because it fulfilled what happened in the Old Testament. Because the Bible is one full story. So anyway, that's, this is a great book, and I've loaned it out, but you need to buy it. <laughs> so, um, and I'll show you a picture in there. I think I highlighted it. But I studied there, and then um, it just put me on a journey in January, I said, for my New Year's resolutions, which I don't often do, but I knew I was going in, thir- in 12 weeks. So I wanted I started going, I attended three times the Messianic Jewish Church in Nashville and just kind of learned the, the Jewish culture, the Hebrews, and how they speak and stuff. And, and also knew I was going to walk a lot, so I started you know, trying to exercise and, and lose a little bit more weight so I could be ready because, you know, I hurt my foot. My foot was bad, so I'm like, okay, get ready for that. Also prepared by... Um, getting a Jewish Bible, complete Jewish Bible, and memorizing a scripture so I could say it on the steps of where the Holy Spirit came. So I prepared. I wanted to. Um, but that's me. Why did I pick Israel? The other part of it is why did God pick Israel? Why did God pick Israel? Of all the places in the world, I'm thinking the United States, North America is the most gorgeous place in the earth. I really do. We all do. And Israel, Israel itself is the size of New Jersey. Let me show you a picture. This looks big because it is, and I love this map. I have stuff up here for you to look. But it's a topographical map. It's just, it's the size of New Jersey. And if you compare it to the world, this is my my globe. I don't have a globe, but this is my globe. (laughs) There's the United States. There's Africa. There's Asia. There's um, Europe. It's just this tiny little place that connects all three continents. So God picked Israel. Because it was an international, it was places people would go with international highways, and it's his promised land. And it's been fought over, you read the scripture, it's been fought over for 4,000 years for control of the international highway. Egypt fought for it, he, you know, African. So it's been this, it is still being fought over, you know, it still is. There's like people, why are you going to Israel? You might get hurt, you might get killed, because Jerusalem is a hotbed of politics and, and control and authority. But the whole time I was there, I did not have any fear. The guides that I went with, which I told you is Christy, she partners with somebody. Hold on. By the name of, it's, it's, the company's called Travel the Text, and they put together guidebooks. So between the two of the, the t- Travel the Text people and Christy McClellan, they have been there 11 years, twice a year for 11 years. They have contacts. They know where the place, safe places to go. And the people there in Israel say, if... It's not safe, we'll let you know. And of the past 11 years, they've only been told once, don't come, and they postponed it. So I felt safe. I didn't feel scared. Yes, we, we spent eight of our 12 nights in Palestinian territories and never felt a thought of fear or scared because we just felt safe. And I'm like, if I have to go, this is the best place to go. <laughs> you know, Jesus, take me. I'm ready. If I was to, to go to heaven there, that would be fine with me there. So anyway, um, but, in, you know, go back to the, the, the biblical part. In Genesis, when Abraham, God tells Abraham, leave your countryside, go to, to Canaan, Israel. And he promised him three things. I'm going to make you a nation. Um, I'm going to make you, uh, the land is going to be yours. I'm going to make you a nation. And Jesus, it basically fulfilled, not fulfilled, but prophesied that, that Christ was going to be there. So that's why he picked it. So just to kind of explain, every morning we would get on the bus we would have a breakfast buffet, and we'd get on the bus at 7.30, and we would get back at 5.30 and have walked five miles or more a day, having scaled down mountains, gone into a deep hole, doing all sorts of crazy things. But 
five or six places a day. So I went to probably 50 places, and this book has all my notes in it, um, tons and tons of pictures, tons of notes. And so trying to consolidate that into a certain, you know, what do I do? How do I present this to you guys? And so um, I want to tell you a couple of my highlights for me, and then I'll kind of go back to kind of focusing on the, my favorite area. But for me, the, it was a daily journey of, of learning, and, and it wasn't a, t a tour, it was a Bible study. So every place we stopped, we would have a Bible study, open the scripture up and read about what happened there and, and apply it to our lives today. So it's just my brain just kind of has exploded. And just to say, when I got back three weeks ago, I've been back three weeks, I went into straight grandma duty, and then I went into, you know, Easter and and kind of preparing so it's still I'm still processing I'll probably will process for the rest of my life so I, I want to share more and more and more and more than just today so I'm just kind of focusing on four days or four places I went so the daily journey um I did this happened to me too and I'm telling you this something physically happened to me on my trip on the third day in I was walking in the city of David and walked up a step and and I, I I fell into a step and it tweaked my knee my knee and I said, okay, it's no big deal. People said, are you okay? I said, it's just a tiny fall. But by the end of the day, it had swollen up so much. I was in, we're walking through a museum in Israel, and I was in a wheelchair. And I'm like, okay, God, this is not supposed to happen. What in the world is this? And I'm like, and my friend that I was telling you about I worked with, Donna, said, would you believe it? But I have a knee brace on the bus. I said, and why would you have a knee brace on the bus? She said, I said, do you have knee problems? She goes, no, I do not have knee problems. But I kept unpacking it, and, and God said, put it, in the pack, put it in your back. And so she packed it, and she said, it's for you. And it later on, I just cried because God knew what I needed, and I didn't know I needed a knee brace, but I wore it for the rest of the trip. And, and my, my roommate's like, Barbara, that does not look good because it swole up so big. By the end of the, the trip, it had, the swelling had gone down, and, and I, I didn't keep me from doing anything because I was going to do it, but still. That was just a highlight that God provided a knee brace for me in the middle of Israel when I didn't even know I needed one. <laughs> so it still brings tears to my eyes that he, he did that for me. So that was, to me, a highlight that doesn't have anything to do about Israel, but it just talks about God and how he, all I have needed, his hand hath provided. He did. It was really sweet. Um, another highlight was we got, because the people I went with are kind of well-connected with different people, we got to meet with an archaeologist that has discovered and he's world-renowned, world, world the oldest Old Testament scriptures that are probably 30, it's, it's date predates the, pre, the Dead Sea Scrolls by 400 years. So get to hear him and get to hear him, you know, one-on-one -on -one was just like, wow, this is cool. And then as we continued the, the trip, people were like, and yeah, this, this, and this, and Dr. Bark, you know, this person, his name is Gabriel Barquet. They said, this, he's discovered this and this, and we're like, yeah, we know him. And those guys were like, how do you know him? I'm like, he's our friend. <laughs> In some of the series documents and on YouTube, they've highlighted him. So it was kind of cool to be able to have that intimate time with him telling us the story of how it was discovered. So that was, that was a highlight. And then another highlight was being able to stand on the steps where the Holy Spirit came and where Jesus taught the, his, as a 12-year-old, being able to stand on those steps and also to say back Psalms 84 to the, whole, to, to the God that one day I'll be able to say probably to you show you the video of it because I had some other video. It was just sweet. You know, better is the day in your house than a thousand days elsewhere. So I was able to say that to him back that I had prepared for and, and it was just a sweet thing for me, an intimate thing for me. And then um, the final for me highlight was the Jordan River. You know, we got to be 
if you wanted to be baptized, you could be baptized in the Jordan River. And I thought, oh, I did. I wanted to. And so I was able to kind of share with a group, you know, some of my testimony of why I wanted to be baptized and how I'd be coming out, newness of completion of a journey I'd been on for seven years. And it's, there was 20 of us out of the 37 of us that got baptized that day in the Jordan River. And, and right in the middle of some of us being baptized, there's like one or two left too. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this white dove clumps and just lands on a post. And you're like, did, we looking around, did that just happen? <laughs> and is this a touristy thing where they just release doves to come and land on it? So I'm like, this is a touristy thing. But our guide said, no, that doesn't really happen very often at all. But there's a picture that I have a photo album you can look, but there's this dove that just, white dove, it didn't say anything, but it was just still present there and just felt, wow, that was just overwhelming of a highlight that God came and sent a dove for us to know that his, his presence was with us there. It's really, really special. Um, I want to share some more things over here before I kind of go into my Jesus talk. And I got some pictures to show you up on the screen as well. But went to Jacob's. Jacob's Well, which was kind of cool. That's not in my, my pictures. Again, it's another time. But we went to Jacob's Well. So on the table, I have um, a little pottery piece. But I put the water from Jacob's Well in a lot of the little things. So this is Jacob's Well, and this is water from Jacob's Well. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Got some bookmarks. This is a, a slingshot that's a replica of the one that, that um, David used to knock Goliath in the, in the forehead. And it's kind of cool. Got a couple videos of that. This is a jar of Dead Sea mud. We, we floated in the Dead Sea, and it was kind of fun because, you know, you just float. And so I grabbed a whole big wad of mud, put it in my, my shorts, <laughs> and I brought it home. <laughs> and I balled it up just a few recently and put it in something. So I have some Dead Sea. Dead Sea is the lowest place on the earth, and it was fun getting to swim it. Not swim, float in the Dead Sea. Put this up here for that. And, the, and the, fan, the people I went with, they know a lot of Hebrew words, and so they would pray over us, the prayer shawl. And this is a prayer shawl. And this is just <coughs> learning about this thing takes a, probably take a couple of weeks. But this is what the Jews still use today with the Messianic Jews, a prayer shawl. And it's like in the, um, the tallit around the ends. That's when, the, when the woman from touched his garment, she was shooting for the, the, the edge of his, because that's healing powers there. So there's a lot of lessons to learn just in this. But that's a prayer shawl. But I'm going to start with the first picture. I got some pictures of the Sea of Galilee. Okay, the first four nights we spent in Bethlehem, and we went without going into details. Bethlehem's around here, and you'd go down to the wilderness. We went here, we went there. And the next four nights we went up to the top of Israel into the Gothen Heights where the Sea of Galilee is. In the last four nights we spent in Jericho back down here and went to the the... Dead Sea and in Gadi, in Gadi and in Jerusalem a lot. But I want to focus today on the four days I spent in, in the Galilee area because that's where Jesus spent 90% of his time in his ministry from the 30 until he was crucified. But the first picture is of me and my, my roommate Mary in the Sea of Galilee. There's my feet. We're in the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> Next would be a boat ride across the Sea of Galilee. So we all got in a boat. We went across it. And we took, I think, the next couple of pictures um, or just like the girls. It was just a fun picture, fun time. Um, one more picture, I think. 
yeah. But during my, it was like a, an hour to go across the Sea of Galilee. And I just, I got, I didn't have a prayer shawl with me, but I got in my own little prayer closet in, on the side of the, on the boat and just had some time with, with God and just worshiped and sang and prayed, saying, thank you for this trip. Thank you for letting things happen. Thank you for completing my journey in this, in this time of my life. Um, and so we got off the boat, the boat and we get the beautiful sunrise over the Sea of Galilee. And it's just gorgeous. Next picture. Um, this is the group of us. There were 37 of us that were on this trip. And we are, um, the last day we're leaving out of there, got to go back to the edge of the Sea of Galilee and have, next picture, um, a teaching on the Sea of Galilee about, you know, G, about the breakfast at Galilee when Peter, J Jesus came to Peter and said, do you love me, do you love me, do you love me? But this is basically on the shore. I don't know if it's the exact spot, but still, the Sea of Galilee is 12 miles long and seven miles across. So it's not really a sea. They just call anything waterish sea. It's more like a lake, and they call it over there Lake Ginneret. But anyway, there's breakfast at Galilee. Our guides, the wife, she cooked us two fish and five loaves that we all shared. It's beautiful. And then the next picture is me getting, getting my own food. And the next two pictures are me just sharing breakfast with, with my friend Mary, my roommate. And the next one is the girl Donna that I keep talking about, the girl I work with. So that was a special event on the Sea of Galilee. The next picture is, okay, the place we stayed, this is a picture we I took from the boat going across the Sea of Galilee. That ridge on the top is called Gothen Heights, and you'll see that in, in the scripture as well. But at the very ridge of it is where we, we spent four nights in a kibbutz, and I never even heard of what a kibbutz was. But a kibbutz is a communal living. Um, 350 people own and have owned that for, for several I don't know how long, a long, long time. And so they rent it out to, to tourists and they fix the breakfast, but that's a panoramic view of over the Sea of Galilee and where we stayed. And I had a friend, believe it or not, from another church that was there at the same time, and they were staying in the city on the Sea of Galilee, not up on the ridge. And he made a comment on Facebook about, yeah, Barbara's closer to God than I am because I'm down in the city. She's on the, <laughs> on the Golan Heights. But it was a super special time. But got to see that several nights. And the next picture is... Um, where I had devotion a couple of days during the mornings because it was just gorgeous. The flowers are blooming. And um, some of the people before you even went said, this is the greenest Israel has been in many, many years. So we got to see it at its peak of, of greenery. Next picture is a sunset, one of the days over the Sea of Galilee. It's just gorgeous. Next picture. There's flowers on the, on the edge. We took some walks around it. Just gorgeous. Next picture. And that's our little cabin we got to stay in with just surrounded by beautiful, fragrant flowers. And I, I said one thing, I got to see, smell, taste, touch, and, and feel, you know, the land. It's just overwhelming in your senses. Next, every, this is the dining area that we would all eat in. Next, communal living. More pictures of us eating. Next, this is our breakfast being delivered every morning um, on a little cart by different people and then we have breakfast served just the two of us we didn't have to go do a buffet in the morning but that was enough food for lunch so I'd pack and make us a, a sandwich for lunch next um this is one of our teachings on the Sea of Galilee she's talking on this day particularly this is this is called Mount, Mount Arbol and it's where the Sermon on the Mount was was taught up in the Galilee area it's on the on, and right below it is the city of Magdala where Mary of Magdalene is from but she's teaching a, a lesson and um, we're just writing notes and writing notes and, and hearing it and being in the land. Um, and so the next picture is the same picture, just a different view. 
But as soon as we finished that, it's like, okay, let's climb down. So we climb down. Next picture is a scaling down. One more. That's a, a picture of my friend Donna. Scaling down Mount Arbol. <laughs> it was one of the scariest things I've ever done. And I get down to the end, and I had my knee in a brace because this was two days after. My knee was in a brace. I get down to the bottom, you know, and we're on cables and little hooks as we climb down steps. And I get into the bottom, and I just kiss the ground because it's probably one of the scariest things I've ever done was to climb down Mount Arbol. Where um, in some of the lessons, it's where they lot of the in 77 A.D. when Jewish had a revolt, the Jews had a revolt to try to overthrow the Roman government. What they thought Jesus was going to do, that they ended up trying to do in 77, and of course got beat by the Romans. Um, this is where they had some of the caves where they stayed was in this area. Okay, next picture. And there's me walking, see a Galilee in the back. Okay, one more. I think that's the end of Mount Arbol. Yeah. So I want to, that's kind of some of the highlights of those four days of where I was there, but I wanted to talk about, about Jesus. You know, bottom line, um, stuff I've learned about and stuff I've seen about. But, of course, you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Nazareth. And this is a, a panoramic view of Nazareth. And, some, you know, you go out there and you stand right there where, you know, kind of the lesson we learned that day was he taught in the synagogue this day, and all of a sudden he, they were saying, I can't remember the scripture, and I didn't bring it out, I'm sorry, about quoting him today, it's happening. And the people got mad at him from Nazareth. Who are you? You are Joseph's son. You are not the Messiah. And so they took him out to the ledge of the city. And this is the ledge of the city of Nazareth. And they were about to throw him over, but he just ended up walking back through them. He didn't disappear. He walked and passed because they were like, we didn't, they didn't want to touch him because it wasn't his time yet. But that little mountain in the back is Mount Tabor. Tabor and it just kind of shows over Nazareth. When he was growing up, his parents could take him to this ledge and going to show him his history. This is what happened here. This is what happened here. So it was, you know, I just love this picture because it shows where Jesus grew up, you know, on the edge of knowing his, his history, his, his upbringing, the Jewish history. Um, so he lived in Nazareth. And, and I'll learn some that in the Jewish education, you started school at five, you learned the Torah. So a thousand kids, you know, and a thousand, in the number of like a thousand children that started school, learning the Torah, um, by the time you, you turned, you know, 12, there was like 100 left that would go on to the next level. And then after you hit, you know, bar mitzvah age, you'd go. And so Jesus ended up becoming a rabbi, and that was out of the 1,000 kids that started out, just one ended up becoming a rabbi. And so when he became a rabbi, that at the age of 30 was when he was baptized, and he became a rabbi. And he still had a profession. All rabbis in the day, they weren't just, they were itinerant preachers. They were Bible cases. So he was still a carpenter all of his life. And he, and people were like, but did he have a place he lived? Uh, he did. He had a place where he lived, and he lived in Capernaum. And that's where he went next. And here, I have it, wrote it down. I didn't forget. But, you know, when he was 12, when he went to Jerusalem, and he was talking on the, the rabbinical steps and talking, there, how does he know this stuff? You know, he was 12. He had been educated his whole life in the Torah. And if you got, you know, started there, you would go to the next one and learn about the prophets. And that's what he was doing 100. By the time you got to the age of 13, there's only 10. And like I said, by the time you're 30, there was one left to be, that would be a rabbi. And the baptism was, um, was what you would do to become, like, indoctrinated into the person that you were going to follow. And so... Um, and you had to do when you were baptized into a rabbinical 
thing. You had to be witnessed by two or three people, and you know what happened at Christ's baptism. He was witnessed by John the Baptist and the Holy Spirit, and God, out of the, you know, they heard the voice, this is my son, who am I well pleased? Um, so, in, in the rabbinical studies, and in, in, as far as Jew, people wanting to follow rabbis, you know, Jewish people wanted to follow certain rabbis, and there are lots of different rabbis to follow. And most of the people that wanted to follow a rabbi, they would follow him around, follow him around, and they would choose which rabbi to follow. But in Jesus' story, Jesus chose his disciples, and all of his disciples were chosen from a three. His ministry, which started in Capernaum, was based in a triangle area. And I have to show you this picture in here. I think it's in here. I twisted it. I turned it down. Sorry. I know I turned it down. I gotta find it. There it is. This little bitty picture right here. This talks about miracles. Jesus's miracles in the evangelical triangle. One of those cities it was Capernaum. Another one was um, Bethsaida, and the other was Magdala. And so, all ninety percent of Jesus's ministry and miracles and teachings were in this tiny little triangle on the top of the Galilee. Which is this tiny little area right there, just tiny, tiny little area. But when he moved to Capernaum, that's when he called his, he called his disciples. He called Peter and James and Andrew, and they all lived in Capernaum. And I asked a couple of people to read some scripture. Who had Matthew 4, 13? Sue? I mean, Mary? Got it. He left Nazareth and went to Capernaum to live. So he lived in the city, and that's where he would do his work. He would preach in the synagogues. Who had 19? Um, Matthew 9. Tanya, yeah. So you think the whole city of it, he, you know, the whole a country of Israel, he would be everywhere, but no, 90% of it was in that little area of the Sea of Galilee. He would go to Jerusalem two or three times a year for the Passover and different things, and, and so that's more of a story that I'll tell, you know, at another time, but um, in the Sea of Galilee, he picked three, he picked 12 disciples, and some of the te- lessons I learned are, um, he picked disciples that didn't like each other, like Simon the Zealot. Being a zealot meant you wanted Jesus to become a to throw, overthrow the Roman government. You wanted him to be a warrior. So he was out there, a zealot at that time of a faction of people who were ready to overthrow the Roman government. At the same time, he called Matthew, a tax collector, who, of course, was working for the Roman government, collecting taxes. So you have on your team of 12 intimate people, and you called them into being your rabbi, enemies. And that was kind of not thought of back then. You wanted people that were not enemies that were on the same team, but that's kind of showed Jesus picked certain people. He even picked Judas. And there's another whole lesson to unwrap about Judas. But um, so this is Capernaum. It's another picture. In um, the gray bas- basalt, the, the dark at the bottom, they, and everywhere I went, they either built churches or monasteries or something on top of everything. It was kind of disheartening at times. But at the same time, this was 2,000 years ago when they've either had earthquakes, the Romans came and knocked things down, other 
other cities have been built on top of it or there's been earthquakes. There's been a lot that's happened in 2,000 years. So in Capernaum, which is they've uncovered a lot, they show that this picture shows that the bottom part of it is the black basalt, which was part of the synagogue in, in Capernaum where Jesus taught. And so just to see it and be in there and know this is where Jesus taught. Kind of cool. Next picture. Um, the city of Magdala. And I put this in there because it just blew my mind. In 2010, they have just discovered a city. After 2,000 years, they're just now in this, in this century, 2000, discovering, excavating things. Um, and this is the city of Magdala, where Mary from Magdala came from. You know, so it, at the date at the top, and they, I think I have another picture in there. I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of the synagogue. They've uncovered it, and there's a stone there, and it's like, okay, Jesus sat here, and he taught, and he taught this, his stories and his lessons in the city of Mag, in the in Migdal thing. This is, you see the um, mosaic tile, the metiles, that's from 2,000 years ago. That, they, that was under tons and tons and tons of debris from uh, the floods that have happened and everything that happened from the Sea of Galilee. There it is, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. So that's in Magdala. And in, when they did, they, they built a, a church, which is a beautiful church, and it's for the women. It's kind of a church for women, but that's looking through the, the altar out to the Sea of Galilee. It was just a gorgeous place where you could, you know, you know worship and pray. And they had a room that had some beautiful artwork, different little segments um, in Magdala. So next picture was just beautiful. Um, Jesus taught, and it said he went around cities. He went around the area, what, what Tanya read. And... Some of the story is the 400 years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's silent, but really things were happening in the, in the world like Alexander the Great took over. You know, that was what was, he was conquering that part of the world and setting up the culture that became. And why the Bible turned from Hebrew to Greek is because the culture shifted and changed. And they built cities. And, and it speaks about in the Bible about Decapolis, Decapolis is basically 10 cities, 10 cities that were Hellenistic. And in any kind of city like the Decapolis, uh, in the Decapolis it had a theater. So I went to, we went to four, three or four cities that had this kind of theater because they had a theater, they had a bathhouse, they had a synagogue for their own, um, who they worshipped. And it was also said in the Hellenistic time, during that time the Greeks were in charge the gods, they changed to be more people-like, human-like. That's when Zeus became, they started to worship Zeus and Venus, and they were more humanist, humanistic, and, um, which is another story in itself. Next picture. So that is so weird. This is weird. But they would have public bathhouses, but they would also have public toilets. And this is so weird because if you see all around the edge there, that's where people would just go and, and do their thing. But they also had, in front of it, there's that, like, a stage. They had musicians. They had plays. <laughs> they would have, that's their culture. And, and, and not on Capernaum, but this is, this is one of the, the cities I was talking about. It's called Sycophonus. They would, um, I lost my train of thought. Do the next picture. I think I can remember. Yeah, that's the public toilets. So, next. <laughs> that's where they would sit. It's just weird. Um. So we went to the, I went to three different, and we would see those theaters in the, in the different things. This is one of the, at the, at the top of the country, and it was a place called Dan, and also called, um, I lost my train, Caesarea Philippi. So they built 
cities. Um, Herod was during that time, and he built all these different huge, huge cities where they had all these things. And this is at the top in Caesarea Philippi, named after his son Philip, who became the the the, the king or the Caesar then. And um, this they call it Vegas on Craig. She, you know, in the teaching we learned, it's like Vegas, like our modern day Vegas, where everything bad happens and the culture is just very hedonistic. And this is like Vegas on crack. You know, he's like, so when you're there, you know, in the day, back 2,000 years ago, people were doing all sorts of stuff. They were worshiping, you know, the, the idol pan here. And um, and Jesus, this is kind of when he took his people up there to Caesarea Philippi. There's one that's like, that's when he says, who do people say that I am? And that's when Peter proclaimed, you are the Christ. You are. And he said, you know, about being revealed, nothing was revealed. And he speaks out to the you know, he yells out, he talks to the people in the crowd. It's like, follow me, you know. So he's being, the time and the place of when he's in Caesarea Philippi to proclaim who he is again and again, it's the turning point of when he, when he was from there, he turned and he faced, and he was coming to Passover, you know, within six months. That was his turning point in his life was to come back. So I wanted to, there's so much more to tell you, but I did want to end on, on this to ask some questions. But one of the things we learned and studied about was, um, Jesus, as a rabbi, he said in, sorry, I'm getting my Bible out. My yoke is easy, and it's in Matthew. Yeah, it's in Matthew um, 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the word yoke, in studying it, I learned it this last summer and still continuing, his yoke is not like an oxen yoke. Rabbis had their own yoke to share, you know. And for most of the rabbis in that time period, it was the Torah, it was 620, you know, laws and rules. So with Jesus, it was basically two. Love your neighbor, love the Lord with all your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. His yoke was easy. And his burden was light. He took it. So that's kind of why people were, the Pharisees were angry with him because he, wasn't, he was going against what they, they did. He restored people on the Sabbath, which was a day of rest. But he would constantly restore people's blindness or help the mute or help the lame on the, the day of Sabbath, which was sacred. You don't do anything on the Sabbath, not even to the restroom. So Jesus, I just love the fact that he said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And just knowing that word yoke doesn't mean the thing that the oxen keep. It's just the yoke of teaching, his learning, his teaching. And I'll end my, my talk before you ask questions with this one thing, this one other um, saying. It's very end of John, John chapter 21, verse 25. He says, and there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if I were to put in writing, I suppose that even the world itself would not contain the books that would be written. So there's what we have in our scripture, in our Bible, is just a snippet of what Jesus did in those cities, you know, that 90% of what he spent the time in Sea of Galilee. And I can't wait to get to heaven and ask and see and see all the different things that he did because it's just, it, it's coming to life, you know, to me and to, and to be there and, and to experience that.